What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. I'm Kenton Gibbs. We got Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. And we got Chris Allen in the building. Here I am. <laughs> All right, now just, just get ready because we coming with energy, we coming with enthusiasm, but we not coming with good news. That's just, <laughs> we, we wish we could, but we not. It's a, it's a, it's a dark day. We thought that we just knew the NBA was coming back. And in between now and the last episode, they moved the date up to July 31st. Everybody thinking, oh, we ready to go. We ready to go. In the words of the great Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Because um, apparently, Kyrie Irving and about 80 other players had a conference call that included WNBA players as well that voiced their opinions on uh, not wanting to return due to various reasons from the COVID concerns and health concerns all the way up through uh, the things that are going on right now in the black community and wanting to not divert from social issues. So let me just start by asking this. Is the NBA coming back? And what do y'all think the percentages, the, the chances are, the percentages are for it coming back? Man, oh man. Okay, um, do I personally think the NBA is coming back? No, I don't I don't think this season is coming back. Do I think it's because of social issues? Um, I don't think that's the reason. Initially seeing a thing, especially how it was presented by reporters like Woj, which I'm very disappointed in, is that um no longer a friend of the pod. <laughs> so Woj's catch the first straight today. Wow. Oh, oh definitely. He needs We about to reconsider that when uh trade rumors come back into talks, but um, the way it was presented was that just like Kyrie was being the Kyrie that we know and wanted to be confrontational for no reason. Because I think the the first headline that I saw about Kyrie's concerns was he's just like, uh, I don't want to deal with uh racism and uh they just gonna stick us in Florida or something. I had absolutely no idea what that meant. But um, when I did some more reading and got an actual quote and a reputable source. Kyrie is basically saying that he didn't want the season to take away from everything that's going on as far as the fight for social justice, which makes sense and I understand. But at the same time, we see a lot of corporations um, that contribute to racism and, and hasn't spoken up about any social injustices and the NBA is not one of those associations. Um, so I don't think that it will be a concern um, when it comes to fighting social justice that the NBA would stall it or or put a halt to it. I actually think the NBA is on the forefront on a lot of these things and will actually help the issue regardless if the players are playing or not. The reason I don't think the, the season will happen is, be, is because I don't think any of the world is taking, like we just took a couple of months and said, hey, let's close stuff down. And I don't think people are taking COVID as serious as they should. I honestly think once the season starts back, we're already seeing spikes in cases in places that went down because they were shut down for a few weeks. So if we keep going at this rate, not shutting anything down, and everybody's just chilling all willy-nilly, and they plan at the end of July, I, if they're doing frequent tests, then I don't see a situation to where a player doesn't test positive pretty pretty soon into the season starting. So that's the reason that I won't think basketball return. And even if it does, I don't see it going all the way until the proposed date of uh, early October, I believe. Right, right. Right. So what are your percentage chances that you think the league has of coming back? Uh, chances of it coming back, 90%. The chances mm. of the season finishing, I'll give it, I'll be nice and give it 15%. Mm. Okay. Well, okay. That, that's the negative, that's the negative uncle speaking, y'all. That's Josh <laughs> over there. You know, he the negative uncle on the show. He the negative hey, uncle Josh on the show. Josh said he'll happily be negative Nancy, yeah, so I don't, I, I, I mean, yeah. we not, we not doing them no disservices and letting them cook. <laughs> so, so for me, Gibbs, man, you know me, I'm Chris, I'm Chris the nice one. So, I mean, I, I give it a, a 50% chance just because I really think that LeBron and other stars in the league have a way of convincing other stars that, or he has a way of leading by example to show other stars that this won't be a distraction. And when I say that, I mean, I feel like LeBron is going to come up with some strategic way to figure out 
not just LeBron is on his own, his camp, his whole camp, LeBron's camp, everybody getting them clutch sports checks. They all gonna figure out a way to keep this known. They go, they gonna keep this. <laughs> Y'all know, guy can hate everybody. They get paid for clutch sports, but. <laughs> But we we definitely definitely gonna see him making an impact even while he, while playing because that's just the type of player LeBron's been his whole career. So he, he he tends to make the right decisions. Now what I'm confused about is did did COVID just disappear? Like you hear you would think that players are scared to play due to health concerns. They just mad because they think it's gonna be a distraction. They're they're ignoring the point that COVID is out there. Very I mean, annoying. That's the thing though. On the call, allegedly, that was expressed as one of the concerns as well. It wasn't just the, we don't want to distract from racial injustices thing. It was also some folks who were on the side of, hey, this is a serious health concern. And another thing that I think people have not uh, mentioned enough here is that although everybody is speculating that it'll be at uh, the Walt Disney Sports Complex in Orlando, right? The only right. problem with that is the employees of uh, of that facility are not sequestered as well. The employees, right. the other employees of Disney World and all that are not sequestered there as well. So it, it at a point defeats the purpose. And some people have expressed that like, hey, that's, you know, it's 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 going against the grain for no reason. So, I mean, there it's been put out there. It's been put out. It may not be what grabbed the headline because the headline was Kyrie the disruptor and this and that, but that was also mentioned in the call, according to multiple sources. Okay, so my thing is this as well, Gibbs. They still have not released anything, any anything they're going to do if someone does catch COVID nineteen. They haven't. They haven't said anything. They haven't said are they going to test players. I mean, are they just going to give them a thermometer at the door? It, like, it, they haven't released any information. So that leads me to believe they don't really have that planned out. So for you to throw a date before you even have that planned out just makes the season seem highly unlikely because at this rate, with Trey Young in there, by the way they acted, man, which I'm, I'm going to leave that for later in the show, but the way, the way the players that aren't coming back are playing right now, it just seems to me that they, they don't really – they're not really fearing it, and they just want to hoop. And I get that this is your love. You have a love for the game of basketball. But at the same time, you have to have a love for your body first. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of players, I feel like, are missing the point with this right. COVID stuff. I, I just I just look at it from the standpoint of what do y'all think the likelihood is that, that a player catches it during the season? One singular player. And that's it's fairly high. I think it's fairly high that one. Player I think it's almost eighty. It's almost eighty percent chance somebody gonna catch it. The, the almost eighty percent. The second that happens, the season is done. You you right. as even if you feel like you can continue just for the future of your league, that's just not a good look. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Chris, what do you think? Chances are that the season comes back. Chances are that they finish. I got fifty percent chance. Like I said, so I mean. I think it's fifty percent only because part of me thinks that they're gonna to try to do it regardless of what every what the players are saying. They're gonna just try to do it because they have a lot of money invested into the NBA. And then the other part of me is somebody gonna catch COVID close to the date, and then it's just gonna be over with. So yes. I mean that that's just my thought process in the whole situation because I know I know they working out together, and I know they going some of them going to like hanging out at baby showers or or barbecues and stuff like that because it's the summertime. That's what people do in the summertime. Right. So, hey. so here's here's my take on this thing. I believe that we're at eighty to eighty five percent certain that it's gonna come back. Like that's to me that feels like a foregone conclusion at this point because like we've all said, they have not properly expressed contingency plans for. If one player tests positive, this team will be out, or this will be the case. Or they, they haven't expressed that. They haven't expressed where exactly it's going to be. Because, like I said, the, the Disney uh, workers are not sequestered there. And even if we do say, well, of course, that's a given. They're going to sequester them there. Will we test all of them? What if one of them tests positive before it even happens? Oh, we'll keep them away. But now we're looking at, okay, we that one person tests positive. We got to keep them away. We got to bring somebody new in to do what they did or do what they're supposed to do. And as we talked about with Trey Young, and as we'll talk about later in this show, 
it's hard. It's virtually impossible to keep these young to keep these folks right. in that one spot. And so the the idea of they're gonna keep it going through October is like really you're gonna keep all these folks in one. And I get it. As the season goes on, it'll dwindle down. And it'll be the playoffs, and there'll be less teams and less teams and less teams. But still, even if we talk about uh, September through just September. You're telling me that you trust all of these guys through July, through August, through July, August, all the way through September to to do what they're supposed to do? Because if it comes back July 31st, August, the training camp has to be starting pretty soon. Then we've got August. And then I want to say the playoffs are going to start in what, late August, early September? So at that point, we're still saying we trust these guys to stay in uh, for all this amount of time. And granted, a lot of bad teams are out, which means a lot of young guys are out. But the NBA in and of itself is still a league that is just filled with young guys. Yeah, and that'll be a problem. Late, late so, 20, so. Exactly, exactly. So I, I, while I do think that it's a foregone conclusion they're coming back, finishing, I think, will be a much, much more difficult task. Because if one person gets it, boom. And might I add, we haven't even really dug into the other angle of this. So I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a 85% chance to come back. I'm going to be nicer than Guyton because he's our resident <laughs> negative Nancy. Uh, and say, I'll give it a 30% chance of finishing. I'll give it 30. So, so I'm still I'm still leading us, huh? With the fifty. Yeah, you're you're the most optimistic of us all. You don't you're the most optimistic of us all, Chris. Now one thing that you proposed that I didn't even think of was the workers at the Disney Sports Complex. Now when we talk about workers, are we just talking about people that work at the actual facilities where the games are taking place? Well, I, I would imagine so because there can't be too many more. They can't have all the workers from Disney pull up. Like that's just not gonna happen. Because Disney is back to resuming. Uh, it's full. It's basically at full capacity. So um, Disney can't. They can't have Mickey Mouse and, and Goofy running around there, or else it, they're gonna be Goofies for real when everybody get COVID and they yeah, shut but down. Yeah, I was thinking about like, everybody staying at hotels and stuff. I didn't even think of like the hotel workers, the maintenance people, the dude, this, the edge in the grass. Like, there's a lot of variables in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, the other angle of this thing that we have grazed over a little bit but haven't fully gotten into, as Adrian Wojnarowski calls him, <clears throat> Kyrie Irving, the disruptor. Um, so no Kyrie longer friend said, of the pod. <laughs> exactly. No longer friend of the pod, man. No longer. Like I said, you could come back during a free agency because we can't get it from another source as reliable as you. But you're no longer a friend of the pod, Woj. Why? Why? But uh, Kyrie Irving basically said, I'm 10 toes down behind the black community. Um, and he said that I'm willing to, and this is a quote straight from uh, straight from him, according to sources, I'm willing to risk it all behind uh, the black community and social justice reform. So that was Kyrie Irving's stance. And obviously... That's not a popular opinion. That's not, you know, that's that's not a popular opinion. And uh, Austin Rivers went ahead and, and made a, a comment on a post talking about it, saying that he doesn't understand how um, keeping guys home is going to help spread awareness, especially because the NBA is um, extremely predominantly African-American and, and that's taking money out of African-American households. And... Um, he said that we can do two things at once, as well as LeBron saying that um, he doesn't believe that playing will distract. And Dwight Howard came in on Kyrie's side and said, "Listen, this is not this is not uh, something that to be taken lightly. This isn't something that we should be cool with as far as uh, this this thing serving as a distraction." Uh, his exact words were, "I agree with Kyrie." I would love nothing more than to win my very first NBA championship, but the unity of my people would be an even bigger championship. No basketball till we get things resolved. So, fellas, can we can we have an honest conversation about this thing? Because so often it's 
oh, he's right, he's wrong, or this guy's a demon, or this guy, or we got to find the middle ground. I just want to know the genuine thoughts y'all have on this thing. Oh, as far as Kyrie Irving, Austin Rivers, all these different guys. You know, we don't got it. Because Steven Jackson as well said that we don't need basketball right now. We are pushing for social reform and social change. And obviously, Steven Jackson ain't been in the NBA in years. So, yeah, give me y'all thoughts. So what are we, how are we feeling about should we bring basketball back? Should we not? Is it the distraction? Is it not? What's going on? Man, uh, well... I think like most people, my initial thought was I don't I don't know what's going on. This is kind of goofy. And I really put that in the hands of the media because when you put out a headline saying Kyrie Irving, the disruptor, um, that's really low-hanging fruit because that's honestly not a hard thing to believe. We know Kyrie's personality. So if something like that was outlandish came out of his mouth, it would be easy to believe. But then I took a second to reflect on it and actually listen to what he was talking about. And, and he, he has a point. He has a point, and Austin Rivers has a point. Um, during this time, w- without basketball, because this is like a, any basketball fan, this is like a central part of the year where you got March Madness, you in brackets, you got like the game five of the NBA Finals would have been today if the NBA Finals were going on. And um, without it and everything that's going on, you really take a look on what's important and the world wouldn't end if basketball didn't come back, at least for this season. It's already wild circumstances, but Austin Rivers also has a point, because if you look at it from Kyrie's perspective, I'm sure it's a lot more players on the side of playing, but Kyrie wouldn't have been playing this year regardless if they did decide to come back. Right. And then on top right. of it, um, he's, he's set. I know that Kyrie Irving is probably a, a lot more well-off financially and Austin Rivers, even though his dad has been coaching for a thousand years, but um, and his dad was a player. Yeah, yeah, but still, neither one of them had max deals, and a coaching contract is nowhere near a max deal. He still got good money, but sure. I think um, Kyrie is talking from a place of concern and also a little bit of privilege as well. So I really under I understand both both their viewpoints, but I I did take time to reflect and and basketball is not the most important thing going on right now. So I understand if some players wouldn't want to come back or feel like it's a distraction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, this is how I look at it, man. At the end of the day, we do need change. But at the end of the day, I'm sad to say this because I'm going to sound like a negative Nancy. At the end of the day, white people ain't going to change. And I'm not even saying all white people. I'm just saying at the end of the day, racism is never going to be Vanish. It's never going to vanish. It's never going to vanish. Message. Right. It, 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 can, it can get better for sure. It can get a lot better for sure. But at the end of the day, I feel you, Kyrie. I feel you, Austin Rivers. I feel everybody that has strong points to be made right now. If basketball didn't continue right now, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yes, I love NBA. Yes, I love the NBA basketball. But if it didn't continue right now, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, well, because well, for one, COVID is out there, so I'm not even expecting it to be a full season if it does come. Right. For two, <laughs> another reason... It's just, it's like, I think you should just go ahead and play because at the end of the day, it's always going to be some people out there that just don't see the the, the similarities we all have because we all bleed red. They always going to look at the color of our skin. Right. So, I mean, like, like I was saying before, though, to just reiterate what I was saying before, I'm not against basketball coming back simply for the point that it's a lot of corporations that would love to take eyes away from social injustice. And from what I've seen, especially since Adam Silver has taken over over the past couple of years, I don't think the NBA is one of those organizations. So, so here's right. here's my thing about this whole deal. I am, as an avid sports fan, like I said, I was very excited when the NBA first announced it was coming back. I watched the draft. I watched hours, and when I say hours, I literally mean it. It couldn't be under. I I want to say I've, I've I passed over 50 or 60 hours worth of tape for preparing for the NFL draft because that's just I don't know why I just like being fully prepared for the draft and seeing players that I'm like eh I don't know why people think he's all that and, and seeing players I'm like oh he's okay that's a first round talent he just has a lot of characteristics but um, the fact of the matter is 
basketball is a distraction. Football is a distraction. Baseball, hockey, golf, whatever, you name the sport. In this moment, it is absolutely a distraction. For me, the bigger question, there are two bigger questions that come out of this. Number one, is it, do we need a distraction? Because let's be honest, everybody is not, everybody is is not um, Martin, Malcolm, Medgar Evers, Sister Soldier, Sojourner Truth. Everybody isn't that activist. Every Some people need to unplug. Some people need to get away from social media and, and stop seeing folks being uh, harassed and pulled over and threatened and whatever by law enforcement. And you know, that's a thing that some people feel like they need. And that's, I don't blame people for that. I'm not going to say, oh, you're, you're, I'm not going to denigrate you or call you out your name because you're, uh, regardless of your race, a person who wants a break from that. I'm not going to say that. Um, but here's the bigger question that I think that this one weighs more heavily into my answer. Like Chris was saying, there will always be something. And as as Dr. Martin Luther King said, you cannot uh, litigate hate, but you can, wait, I can't, you know what? I, and, and the nerve of me, Lord forgive me for getting uh, the MLK quote wrong, but it was something about you, you can't litigate out people's hate. You can't, but you can litigate their actions that they do based on the hate. So I don't think that the, the goal of protest and all that is to ever make people stop being racist because as as long as as long as the sun uh, rises on the east and sets on the west there'll be tribalism there'll be people who feel away because of their race or whatever the case may be that's that's always going to be the thing but the the thought is dismantling certain systems defunding uh certain groups that you know have been extensions of racism that i believe is the goal here but here's the question that spawns out of that how long are you willing to sit for it, right? Like that becomes the question. Because if we say, hey, this season, I'm going to sit. Well, this season was virtually a wash anyway. Like we can all agree. Chances are they weren't going to finish anyway, right? Right. Right. So this is different than next year, the schedule is fully back and sitting out. Or even if we say next year, the schedule still going to have to be amended and adjusted. But the year after that, it'll go back to normal. Okay, well, are you willing to sit out that season? Are you? That's the question. If the if the social change and reform is not met by that time, are you still willing to sit out? And I'm gonna tell you this: the NBA, the way that their contracts are set up, they make a decent amount more than the NFL, so they're in a better position to do so. But I know for a fact, them NFL players ain't sitting out. They're not sitting out. <laughs> They didn't sit out when they blackballed Cap. They didn't sit out. Eric Reed was second in tackles for all safeties last year. Still ain't got no calls. And ain't nobody talking about sitting out there. So, you know, at the end of the day, the NFL definitely ain't going to sit out. And the question is, how long are are the basketball players willing to sit out? I'm all for them sitting out for as long as they feel comfortable. But how long is that, right? And are y'all going to stick to until the social reform is made, until the social change is made? And then what are your parameters for the proper amount of social change and, hey, and uh, social reform? Giz, I got a question. So have they stated what they want in this sitting out? Or have they just – has it been announced what, they're, what the players are looking for for them to oh. um, get – you know what I mean? So, so in all the articles I've read, I have not seen anything specific saying – Hey, we demand this, and we'll. It's not like a list of demands type thing. I I have not seen that at this moment. Right. So so how would they determine? You know, th- this is where I'm getting at. So how would they determine what the change is? You get what I'm saying? Exactly. So, and that's, right. Right. And right. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, what is what is the bar for like, like what it? Where do you end it? Right. Like, do you say okay, we'll end it when black folks get reparations, or we'll end it when like when where is your your stopping point did you say there has been enough done here to where I feel like uh, oh they they defunded the police in this place and put more into education put more into public housing put more into community development now we're good you know what I mean like yeah that, 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 that's that, that's what I'm looking for so they're, they're saying they're going to sit out but they haven't really made any demands if that makes sense right. to, to, to you guys 
So for them to sit out without making any demands means they could be sitting out for a long time. And just like Absolutely. you did, I'm a firm believer the NFL, especially the actions they've showed in the past, they're not sitting they out. They wouldn't sit out <laughs> preseason <laughs> Um they they not sitting out. They probably they probably gonna have extra games for the NFL <laughs> if anything. They, they wouldn't <laughs> sit out OTAs. <laughs> <laughs> so if if NFL's gonna play anyway, I feel like you might as well go ahead, NBA players, go ahead and get your money, and then you guys can contribute to the social reform. You get what I'm saying? So they can they can have that money in their pockets where they they can they can go do the things that they want done themselves. So right, I mean, right, at right. the end of the day, now let's let's talk about something that we've talked about last week, but apparently the trend is still continuing, and I want our. I want our resident negative Nancy to get in on this one because this is a very similar situation to last week. Not only is Trey Young hooping in the OKC Summer League, Buddy Hield has also made an appearance. Wait a second. Just... I, didn't, I didn't think about this, though, Gibbs. I think the Kings are still in the running to make the playoffs. Knock it off. <laughs> I think they, yes, they are. They, they're 11th. They're 11th. <laughs> They are. Oh, they haven't way. been. They haven't been disqualified. Like, yeah. Wait. So they're still coming back, and he out here. Chavano Rainier Hill. If if you look at if you look at the Kings season, with Luke Walton coaching, it's not likely he was getting minutes anyway. Even though he did leading score. Wow, wow. I just I can't believe this. They coming back, and he's still out there hooping. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. This is this is beyond me. This is okay. See, and this is exactly what this raises again everything that we talked about with you cannot keep these young men in line as far as following the orders and instructions of don't go here and there. And don't get me wrong, this is not me saying I'm not for players having autonomy with their free time. I'm 100% for that. Do whatever you want to do. However, this is a special situation, right? Like, I'm, I agree with people's freedom to scream fire whenever they want, but maybe don't do it in a crowded airport or on a plane, right? Like, that's just... <laughs> I'm good with Buddy Hill going to hoop whenever, wherever, however. But, young man, during a pandemic, at a rec league, when you going back to hoop in the NBA... <laughs> Dog. Dog. And Buddy Hill, but if I'm correct, if I'm correct, if I'm correct, Buddy Hill is in his early 20s. Early 20s. He's still a young man. Yes, sir. He's 26 years old. He's in his, uh, he's 27. He's 27. I just looked it up. He's 27. Oh, 27? 27. He turned okay. 27 December 17th. So, so Buddy Hill's 27. That's, that's actually kind of old for the NBA. So just imagine the players twenty five and under. Just imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I just I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. The man is averaging twenty points a game on forty three percent from the field, and you out here risking it all for rec league ball, for summer league ball. He just got extended. That didn't he just get extended with all the incentives and everything? Too? Got ex- yep, he got an extension. Oh man, I, the owner probably eating that contract right now. He like, oh man, I need some oh, money. He burning, he, he burning <laughs> that contract. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he probably wrote a nice little. If he that, and you know in California it's legal to partake in the ganja, so he probably wrote up uh, <laughs> some nice little some nice little Cali Kush with it. He just said, don't worry about it. Do not worry about it, buddy, because we finna put in this clause that the owners can put in anyway if y'all decide to sit out. Oh, man. Not to go off on a tangent, y'all. Not to go off on a tangent. But you know we got these new contracts coming up next year. Is it going to be COVID rules put into contracts now? What y'all think about that? You know, I doubt it only because I don't think we're not taking COVID seriously enough in the moment, let alone – Predicting what it will be years from now, I don't think that there'll be that'll be a thing. I mean, but could 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 a, a owner put in a contract or a general manager put in a contract like, hey, you are not allowed to participate in these activities due to the high risk of getting coronavirus, and you'll be at risk for the whole team. Could they put that in the contract theoretically? 
Oh, absolutely. They already have clauses that saying like you can't do certain things, like you can't ride ATVs, dirt bikes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They already have that in certain contracts. So right, right. I, so I, I, I think we might see that. I honestly think we might see that. Guys. What you think, guy? I wouldn't be against it. I'm not at I'm, all. I wouldn't be against it at all either. Because once again, if this is it's different in in it for exceptional cases and exceptional people, you make exceptional rules. This isn't a pandemic. We have one about every hundred years. So, like, we're not going to see this again for some time. And, like, we can say, oh, we've seen this in our lifetime with H1N1 or Ebola. Or da, da, da. No, we haven't. That's you look at the numbers. We have not seen this in our lifetime. We have not seen anything like this in decades. Man, in- I, I don't mean to dampen everybody's mood that's listening, but I broke down the numbers a little bit last week. And the numbers from this past seven days is worse than the numbers from last week. So, I mean. And and that's what I mean by it's a special situation. Special rules need to be allowed to be in place simply from a standpoint of like, hey, listen, we understand that y'all are grown men and that y'all can do what y'all want to do. However, in this moment, if you're going to do, if you're going to play on our team and make all these men and do all these things, we need you to adhere to this. Because like I said, normal day, buddy, feel free. You're playing for free. You want to do what you want to do. You want to play some basketball during the offseason. Everybody going to hoop during the offseason anyway. Whatever. But hooping in an uncontrolled environment with a packed crowd, no mask, no nothing. Come on, man. Come on, dog. Because now you put all the kings at risk. And if you put the kings at risk, you put who they was going to play at risk. If you put who they was going to play at risk, you put who they were going, who the team that you were going to play is going to play at risk. Mind you, mind you, mind you, why is he not in Sacramento right now if they know the season coming back, getting ready? Why, why are you not getting ready for the season? Why exactly. are you in Oklahoma City with Trey Young, somebody that's not even playing the rest of the year? Somebody, please, if, if one of our listeners knows why this is happening or if they can tell us that the Kings are definitely eliminated and we crazy, I would love for that to be the case. Because at this point, this is this is beyond me in a way that I have not seen. This is just, you're, you're risking it all when y'all have, theoretically, a shot to come back and, you know, still play in the NBA, still collect more NBA checks, which was Austin Rivers' whole point, basically, was, hey, we, you know, you're putting money in the black community via giving money to these young black men, and you're risking that for free OKC Summer League ball? Buddy, Shivano, are you okay? Are you well? Is everything going okay at home? <laughs> I just, you know, it's, 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 it's an unfortunate situation. And, you know, these, at the end of the day, it's choices. We all have choices in life. These young men have made exceptional choices and capitalized on their skills so far. I would hate to see their choices at this point. Like you said, Chris, if they put in some COVID clauses or something, now your choices done cost you big millions. Right. I would hate to see that be the case. Especially so, so, with Buddy so, Hill. So, 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 I mean, this is, this is what I just found on RepublicWorld.com. Which teams won't return to the NBA season? Golden State Warriors, Minnesota Timberwolves, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks, Detroit Pistons, New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls, and the Charlotte Hornets. The O's are the teams not returning. I oh, did not God. say Sacramento Kings. <laughs> oh, buddy. That, wow. Wow. That's just, I, I literally cannot believe And mind you, mind you, I think if they win out, they could make the playoffs if they went out, which I doubt it with Luke Walton as the coach. No, uh, I, I hate to throw a stray at a young coach, but I mean. Hey, listen, it, with Buddy doing his nuttery, Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles ain't going to be enough. Chris Webber ain't walking <laughs> through that door. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, they, they only four games back from Memphis. They only four games back. So like Memphis said, will have the hardest schedule, and Sacramento will have the top 15 easiest schedule. I mean, Sacramento, yeah. Sacramento had a top 15 easy schedule. So they could Mike, theoretically pass. <laughs> Mike Bibby ain't walking through that door, big dog. <laughs> like, I don't think nobody like, wants Mike Bibby to walk through the door. You seen him lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he can smack some sense in the Buddy Hill. Because this is just... <laughs> yeah, that's what he And now, now, speaking of choices, we are we going to talk about some choices that are being very heavily weighed and it happens to us every year during signing day we see what choices uh, young men and women make 
as far as what colleges they matriculate to because the NCAA has by far the biggest racket of them all. And that, that can't be denied. But there are now players who, in this particular moment in history, with all that we're seeing going on in the black community, there are players who are discussing um, joining HBCUs. And here's a very interesting fact that I did not know. A lot of guys who have kept come out in the last few years, parents attended HBCUs. Zion Williamson, um, who else? It was Zion. Uh, I want to. I want to say Marvin Bagley. Folks went to A and T. I'm not not sure though. Um, but there have been a few guys whose whose parents have attended HBCUs. And Mikey Williams, young buck, one of the best players in the nation in his class, class of 2023. Uh, he's he's going on to tell us, hey. I'm very serious about this. I'm very serious about attending the HBCU. And the the context in which he put it was absolutely outstanding. I mean, the, the way that he uh, wrote this thing out, because he tweeted going to an HBCU wouldn't be too bad on uh, June 2nd. And the post that he made to back it up was, uh, he put that as his pinned tweet. And on Instagram, he put, this has been a thought for years. This didn't just recently pop up in my head. What a lot of coaches don't understand is that we don't need them. In all caps now, we control our own narrative. I'm very thankful that God blessed me to be in a position to do that. We write our own stories. We determine what the next page in life is going to be. Why does it always have to be the big universities? Why does it always have to be the big names? Have you ever thought about helping your own people out? All caps again. We are the reason that these schools have such big names and such good history. But in the end, what do we get out of it? What a top, what a lot of top level athletes don't understand is if you're a pro, then you're a pro, no matter what college you go to. Even if you don't go to college, if you're a killer, all caps again, you are going to kill anywhere. Not enough people speak on things like this. And I've been meaning to do so and put some word out, but I figured this would be the perfect time to do it. I'm going to keep it short and simple. I just want to let everybody know that, that, all caps again, I am riding for my people. I'm 10 toes down. I'm 10 toes behind the black community any way I can. Oh, wait. Any way I can help or make change in the black community, best believe I'm going to do that. Only God knows what the future holds. But when that time does come that I have that I have to narrow my school down, to whatever number, there will be multiple HBCUs on that list. And they won't just be there for show. Message. Now, I've covered a little bit of HBCU sports, but we got to have more. We got to have some different thoughts and some more thoughts in here. And every week we tell y'all, we know y'all had enough of us. So we're going to get some new voices on the show. And we're doing that this week with our first guest. We want to welcome to the show, Delon Sellers. Miss Sellers has covered the MEAC, the SWAC, the SIAC, all on, you know, a, a decent amount. But the CIAA was her beat. That was her baby. She was the CIAA North. I was covering the CIAA South. Uh, she also did some coverage of the XFL before they died. A great person and an even better sports journalist. Let's go ahead and give a Facts Over Acts welcome to the line, y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and excited to be here. Listen, we we glad to have you. You a friend of the pod. Just don't betray the pod like Woj did. Because, you know, we, <laughs> we call Woj a friend of the pod literally the next week. Kyrie the disruptor. You know what I mean? We can't we can't yeah. have that out of you, Delon. But seriously, uh, we just we wanted to get your thoughts on... Uh, we wanted to pick your brain about a few things. So we just, we just want to you know, see how you feeling about not only Mikey, but a few other things that um, have gone on before him and, and with your career in uh, sports journalism as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If that's all right with you. I'm fine with it. Let's get started. Okay, all right, all right. So how has life without sports been for you? 
Uh, life without sports has definitely been different. Uh, you never really realize how much one thing really consumes you in your life until it's gone. Like if I wasn't writing about it, I was watching it or arguing about it. And if I wasn't doing that, I was either watching other people argue about it or I was sleeping. So when live sports stopped, so did I in a way. It kind of made me just kind of <laughs> stop and reflect. <laughs> Facts. I feel that. I feel that. Man, like don't it. you find yourself a lot more free time now, though? A little too much free time. <laughs> <laughs> most of us sports creators, it's been, it's been it's been tough. We have had too much free time. And most of us, we don't know how to stop. Because a guy like me, man, we we cover it all. We covered, uh, in, in college alone, I had to cover rowing and hockey and volleyball and you name it. I've been out to cover it. So let me ask you this about your time with the XFL. How, what was your favorite part about covering it? Um, it was a sense, it was just like a breath, it was a breath of fresh air, not only for me, but for the whole area. Um, for those of pe the, the people who don't know, I'm a Skins fan. So, you know, we get a lot of jokes about how the team is terrible, which is true, but actually living <laughs> in the area and having to live and breathe, it was literally depressing. So after barely surviving one of the worst seasons of my life, this new shiny toy, the DC Defenders was right in my backyard. So it was just, it was amazing. It had everybody excited about football again for the first time in a long time, and then they were actually good, so it was nice. Just and what few people know about those teams? If you have a, a personal interest in the XFL as a wrestling fan, do you feel like it was different this way around? Because watching it as opposed to the first time, it actually seemed like if not for COVID that the XFL would have been there for the long haul. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they were gaining more and more traction each week. Even the first, like, the introductory week, they had a lot of people supporting them. And the more that they played and the more people were talking about it, more people were tuning in. I don't think it was going to be like last time at all, had it not been for COVID. My bad, Josh. My, you know, I got a little excited there. Because <laughs> this, this thing here, the D.C. Defenders, what most people don't know, if you did not watch the games, the D.C. Defenders had a black head coach and a black quarterback. Yes. And that was something that we, that duo is something that we have not seen in some time. And they were doing well as well. It wasn't like they were just like, oh, the first black this and the first black that. No, 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 no. Black head coach, black quarterback mm -hmm. succeeding, mm -hmm. doing well before it stopped. Can you talk about what that meant to the area at all? Um, especially for me, it meant a lot for me because head coach Pep Hamilton, he was an alum of Howard. So, you know, to have that, not only are you a black man, you're also an HBCU alum and you're a local HBCU alum. You don't get to see that often. So when I even got the credentials to cover them, I was just so excited because I was just like, man, people probably don't even realize how important he is and how important this team is right now. Like they're really breaking down doors and barriers. And even though the XFL ended up, you know, deflating again, Coach Pep is right back in the NFL. So I'm really happy that even though he didn't get to complete his season, people saw him as the amazing talent that he is and what he did with that team. And he got a chance to get back in the league because he was amazing. For sure, for sure. Now, we talked about uh, the HBCU angle and all that, and we literally just talked about Mikey and his Instagram post. What do you think Mikey Williams going to an HBCU would do? And I'm not – we're going to be a little messy because this is just what it is. <laughs> Which ones could you see him at? Which ones could you say, like, yeah, I could definitely see Mikey playing for this team? Okay, well, for one, I feel like Mikey attending the HBCU could start a wave of top talent deciding to just stray away from the norm and create their own path to success. Um, I don't want to say that going to, you know, a power school is the easy way out, but, you know, for lack of better words or phrases, it is. That's the assured way to success. You know that people are going to see you. You know, people are going to look at you. You know, you're going to have this accolade and that accolade and this and that. If you go to an HBCU, you literally have to build yourself up from you know, from the ground up, you're not going to have that same thing, those same opportunities that you would have at those other schools. So I feel like him doing that and succeeding, because I have no doubt in my mind that he would succeed, would kind of spark an interest in other people to be like, you know what, I can do it. I can do exactly what he just did. I feel like it will also be some of the best free marketing and promotion ever for whichever school that he chose. Right. Because when you're talented, people are going to follow you no matter where you go. I don't care if he went D3. People are going to follow you. They're going to look at you. So that spotlight would touch more than Mikey. That would touch the school. That would touch his teammates. That would touch coaches. So 
him one, deciding to go to HBCU would just help the entire university. One one thing I think is good with the whole Mikey situation is he had made a lot of noise in, in high school. So just imagine what he can do on a college platform. Just imagine what he could do. And all those players on his team will benefit from it as well. Not even just Mikey. The players on Mikey's team, if he decides to go to an HBCU, will benefit a ton from it because a lot of schools are overlooked just because they're not the big brand schools. They're not the schools that bring in all the TV views and stuff like that. So... I just think it'd be a, it's all positive things from that could come from it. So I don't really see many negatives that could come from him going to HBCU. I'll tell yeah. y'all this much on the exposure front: if if Mikey or if Mikey or uh, another top player or a Bronny James pull up at Winston Salem State, you best believe I'm gonna have me a Bronny Winston Salem State jersey. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. That's just that's just how I'm coming. All right, that's just what it's gonna be. But oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Even, so, so even even uh, which which HBCUs could you see uh, Mikey Williams at, or where do you think he would have the best platform to um, do his thing? Because I think that one of the very interesting things you said was he wouldn't he would have to uh, start from the ground up as opposed to having all the exposure like in Kentucky or something like that. The plays on CBS basically right. every weekend, right? But at the same time, Mikey Williams got x amount of millions of of instagram followers already mm-hmm. so which which places do you think not only would he gain exposure not only would he give exposure to the university but he would gain exposure from from going i would say well the two schools that i selected for him are actually both in the MIAC, and with no ill intent i feel like they could get all the help that they could get right now after just losing to actually three big programs in the last couple years so my first choice was north carolina central They've had four consecutive winning seasons, and, you know, they're coached by Coach Lavelle Moten. He's really decorated and highly recognized coach on the national level. He's in there for the long run at Central, if not just because of his loyalty, because that's his alma mater. He's locked in with a long contract. I believe it's until 2031. So you hear something like that, it's like, okay, I know my head coach isn't going anywhere. I know he's successful. I know people know about him on the national level. I can go here. I can build. I can grow, and the next person up can come and do the same thing. You don't hear a lot of people being locked in until 2031. Like, that's amazing. And they gave him that contract for a reason. Outside. Yeah, exactly. Outside of um, North Carolina Central, I said Norfolk State because they just got their second ever conference title during the uh, 2018-2019 season. And I don't think they're on pace to slow down. I think they can keep that good thing going with their head coach, uh, Robert Jones. And they made five postseason appearances in the last six seasons. The last six seasons hey. I had postseasons, I should say. So hey, that's listen, a good look. Kyle O'Quinn alert. It's because, you know, that's my boy right there. Right. One of my favorite <laughs> players of all time. Just a, a random guy. But, you know, he first ever uh, 15 seed to be the two seed. He mm-hmm. was the, one of the guys who spearheaded that and went on to say, I messed up my own bracket with that win. So, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, pretty big deal there. And there was another young man who committed who already committed to Alabama State, a four-star uh, from this current class that committed to Alabama State. I got to look up his name. I can't remember him right now. But if this trend starts in basketball, do you think it could spread to football? Because in all fairness, right, like, let's be honest, Ben Simmons, when people talk about his time at LSU, people mm-hmm. are like, well, he went to, like, three classes ever, and he was ineligible for the, the tournament if they would have made it. And right. he was there for nine months or whatever. Football is a little different in that you're going to be there for a minimum of three years, and rightfully so, because no 18-year-old body is ready to go and meet the rigors and demands of the NFL. But do you think if it starts for basketball, it can spread to football? Absolutely, but I will say I don't think it would be for the week. I think, just like you said, it's not just going to be a one-and-done thing. You're going to have to sit. You're going to have to build. You're going to have to stay disciplined, and you can't be in it for the instant gratification if you're just in it just to get the tweets and the looks and for somebody to say, oh, you're going to the league instantly, then it's not going to work. You have to, you know, keep your head down, put in the work, and then you're going to get those looks because we've seen people be successful from these schools that, you know, some people may not know about. But if you're paying attention, you know about like North Carolina A&T with Tariq Cohen and South Carolina State with Darius Leonard. So it's 100 percent possible. Yeah, and South Carolina State also produced a uh, defensive tackle that plays for the Steelers now. Can't remember his name, but it's a uh, defensive tackle that plays for the Steelers. He's doing 
pretty big things in the league. So what is your ideal outlook for HBCU sports going forward with not only, at the end of the day, even if Mikey does decide, I'm going to Duke, I'm going to UNC, I'm going to Michigan, I'm going to Texas, wherever. Even if Mikey decided to go there, he has been very intentional about this, and mm-hmm. he has said, "Hey, I'm, I'm. There will be multiple uh, HBCUs in my, in my uh, final cut of schools, and it, they won't just be there for show." So, with that being said, what do you think the impact of that is, and what is the ideal outlook for HBCU sports going forward? Um, I feel like the ideal impact is people kind of noticing their worth and their impact on this movement. If you feel like you have the talent and it doesn't matter what school you go to because you have it, then prove it in your school selection. You know what I mean? Don't be reliant on a big program for your success. If you know that you can do it, you can prove that just by going to a school that you feel like people are just going to look over and building up that program with yourself. As far as the ideal outlook of HBCU sports going forward, I feel like we have to be realistic of current circumstances, but optimistic. HBCUs do have a lot of catching up to do, like in more ways than one, but the work can be done. People don't really realize how much of a role they play or can potentially play in the success, like without even recruiting, especially if you're alumni. Donate to your HBCUs athletic departments so they can get that better equipment, facilities, all those talking points that people use for the big schools. And then from there on, we can get the ball rolling. Gotcha. Trace Young was the young man that I was thinking of that committed to uh, to uh, Alabama State University, where Mo Williams is the coach. So right, mm-hmm. yeah. Trace Young is the uh, young man. I, I think we're already starting to see a little bit of of growth and and all that out of it. But let us ask you: Are there any socials that our listeners need to follow? Up? What are you? Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find more about this? Uh, more about you and what you do in your sports journalism on social media. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Delon Noel, D-E-L-L-A-N-N-O-E-L-L-E. I'm kind of in the process of switching over from my writing side to my videography side. So the content may be a little low right now, but just hang in there with me. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All righty. Well, we appreciate you for coming on to the show. Like I said, you the what second third person we're gonna call the friend of the pop don't let us down like the first one. oh no absolutely i promise we believe in you appreciate it um and so yeah we appreciate your time yeah, we appreciate thank you, you. Thank you we'll definitely have you back on um let's go ahead and give her a fax over act send out peace and much love to you queen thank you so much thanks again for having me guys no problem well, we know y'all done had enough of us, even though we got a special guest for y'all. We'll have more guests going forward in the future. So stick around to hear more from us, hear more from them the week after this and the week after that and the week after that. Come back to Facts Over Acts. You had enough, I know you had enough.